Hey guys, and welcome to the Movement Docs Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Mike. And we're just two guys who want to help students and clinicians grow in the field of rehab. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 12 of the Movement Docs podcast. Today we're going to be sitting down with Justin Tooley, uh, owner of the gym in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, he's got a huge background in powerlifting. He's had multiple uh, pro qualifications in the sport, in, uh, especially in geared powerlifting. He has an extensive list of professional certifications, has been a professional trainer and strength coach in the Charlottesville area for over 20 years. He uses his background in powerlifting and strength sports to create a unique individual and group exercise uh, classes and programming for both recreational and competitive athletes. In the past few years, he's worked to create a unique program for adaptive athletes in the Charlottesville area and strives to use, to use both mentorship and fitness to build a stronger and more cohesive community down in the, the Blue Ridge Valley, what, mountains, valley, no. You guys are kind of like not quite Shenandoah Valley. Uh, you're a little bit, a little bit east of that, but down in uh, Thomas Jefferson's home. <laughs> yes, sir. So, uh, Justin, Mike, and I would love to welcome you to the show, and we look forward to, to talking with you, man. Well, thank you, guys, and thank you for having me. Yeah. And then uh, just a just a note uh, for you guys listening: uh, this is our first time recording with Mike in Pensacola. So uh, just bear with us if we experience some sort of technical difficulties. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. <laughs> Mike, you're still on, right? Yeah, still here for the time being. So that's good. <laughs> I'll, I don't. Okay, I don't know exactly know what you said, but I'm going to take that as you're you're still kind of on. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. Oh, um, <laughs> so uh, Justin, you and I met back in it's probably spring of 2014. Um, cause I think you were coaching what Brian and did anybody else do the meet from, I guess it might've just been Brian, maybe Brian and Sam. Um, yeah. When we started the, the, the powerlifting program for the, for the UVA, we tried to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we kind of, I kind of came across you cause Ray and I had been training and then we met some other people from UVA at the meet. Um, cause we were doing a hundred percent raw meet down in Zion Crossroads, Virginia, and uh, and since then, I feel like I don't know. It's really interesting to me because I really only trained at the gym for what like six or eight months, probably. But I feel like it's that space of my life was like so influential and meaningful, and like definitely set me on the right track as far as like powerlifting goes for me. And um, I don't know. It's just been it's. We definitely have had a, a, a great friendship and a unique relationship uh, over the past few years. That, we have. Uh, <laughs> if you remember looking back on it, man, just think of, about you. If you remember the bench pressing and those sort of things and think of, you know, all the hesitations and not sure and what if to where you're at now was absolutely remarkable. <laughs> yeah, because, Mike, I don't, I don't know if you realize, but I until I – uh, started working with Justin, I like refused to bench. I was so afraid because I was probably t- two years out of pacemaker surgery and, mm-hmm. um, and was just like so timid and would not get under a bench. And, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for you and Chris Mason kind of like 
pushing me a little bit <laughs> to yeah, put some weight on the board. Uncomfortable, not sure, but you know, at this point, with this work done is done. You know, as far as like, and and we didn't feel like there was anything that was going to prevent you from being able to achieve what's so interesting is so many people and others and doctors and all people to a degree put limitations on since you know you've got this injury you're never going to be able to do this and man it's i think in all realm that's plagued so many individuals from really being able to really push the envelope and test the water to truly what they're truly capable of and it's really cool to have been able to kind of really watch that unfold because if i'm not mistaken i think <laughs> You, it was like in the low threes or something like that. If I can't, I don't remember exactly what the numbers are. And and now seeing some of the videos with you bench, and now it's just like every time I watch you bench, like man, that is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I went from uh, I went from probably like yeah low threes, maybe like three hundred pounds even, to four hundred and sixty pounds in like a year, a year, probably about a Damn. year. Progress, baby. So. <laughs> It was, it was pretty sweet, but, and I, I just want to highlight too, like that whole mentality of Justin trying to like push me a little bit and say like, you know, dude, you're okay. Like, I know we know what's going on. Like medically, we know you got some stuff going on, but just take it slow and see what you can do. And at any point, if you need to stop, mm-hmm. you can stop. But it was always just that, oh, you can do that. That's too easy. Oh, pull you made everything look easy. <laughs> <laughs> Put more weight on the bar, dude. <laughs> but i don't i honestly don't think if it if it wasn't for that kind of that experience and like seeing how to me strength training became part of my own rehab i don't know that i would have gone down the same route that i have and i don't know that i would have the same experiences that i have and kind of be in this position where um you know like mike and i both both kind of see rehab and strength training is it's all one continuous thing Absolutely. So I just want to make sure that I thank you for that because uh, you've really been a very instrumental person in, in my life and definitely in my in my career. Oh, well, um, thank you. So just well, want to work both ways. Not that we've been able to share and learn in the relationships and moving forward, so on and so forth. It's it's pretty incredible when the Lord brings people in your life and trials and errors and things and who who gets to stay along for the ride and we you know people come in and out for a reason but it's it's, it's it, it is really interesting you know when you actually talk about it and and and, and, and see where things have evolved to versus where they are because you know we in and out of people's lives and you know you just you just it's what's so interesting is you never know of what that that person in front of you might be capable of you know or the limitations that say a doctor or or whoever it might be that, you know, puts on people and for whatever the reasons, it's, it's pretty interesting once you start to take responsibility for yourselves and your own actions, because I think most people, your gut tells you what it tells you at nine times out of 10. I think so many people are so or completely disregard what they really truly feel and, and use somebody else's opinion to carry kind of more weight than, than their own gut. When I think nine times out of 10, their gut's going to be a lot more right than that, you know, than, than the individual per se. So, yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let's kick this off and kind of get get back to our uh, scripted questions because I know if if um, we didn't do those, I'd probably just be all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying what? Answer um, <laughs> <laughs> that little tangent. <laughs> but for uh, for our listeners who maybe don't really know who you are, aren't familiar with what you do, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah. Um, so, like I said, just um, 
you know, it's kind of an interesting story growing up. Um, the whole traditional schooling and that that approach to life had always it was a very stressful anxiety and things like that um and so what it's really taught me to do is really have a lot you know more faith and more trust in the lord but also in yourselves and the tools that we've been blessed with to be able to to be able to do some of the things that i think each individual is able to do um for me the whole schooling thing was always such a such a challenge and difficult um but 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 and so it with that being said some of the other doors that's opened up like along this journey being able to to uh to go to hang out with the guys at west side and learn the kelly starrettes some of the big people in the industry and how much they are they can have an influence on the things uh, that we're able to do. It's pretty interesting. And for me, I, I'm much more, I learn so much better in interacting and talking and seeing and, and applying more so than, than the book, so to piece. And so I think, you know, it's a lot of things uh, that kind of fell in my lap with Chris Mason um, and knowing the West Side Barbell guys, they, those guys kind of took me in and learned from Lou. And it's just like interesting once you, um, once you start to listen to the to, to to yourself and kind of start to turn off the voices of the world and what they you should do this you need to go to this school you get to get this certification because there was a lot of those sort of things and for me that always stressed me out um but then when i would go up to west side and come back um and at that time i was working in a place called acac uh fitness and wellness here in charlottesville virginia and every time i would come back we would use that methodology and what i would notice is they were it would attract people or they were curious or they were interested and it's so interesting is as i started to kind of go and, and more lead that direction i started to become a rebel at my own at, at, you know at my gym in the sense like you know with the globo gym you're talking wide stance and box squatting and doing a lot of that sort of stuff most people in there have no idea but what but what they couldn't deny was it was effective and as my business grew it was uh really interesting i was there for about 12 13 years but about the past you know two or three years is where things really started to grow and change and i knew that at some point and i had always kind of in the back of my mind wanted to have a gym but was never but always well like well how am i going to do this how am i going to come up with a hundred thousand dollars or or a loan or do that sort of stuff and and what was so interesting when i was working with Westside is those guys um they didn't pay me and they just gave me credits and so um and what I did was when I was leaving ACAC, I cashed in on those credits, and that's where a lot of the equipment and things uh, uh, kind of grew from. And then Craigslist was all the barbells and dumbbells. And then next thing you know, it's just like, I'm at, you know, I was working at my gym full-time. I was working at ACAC full-time, and it, it got to a point where um, there, was this, there was this moment of like, okay, you're either going to continue and do your own thing. Because the more time, what I noticed is the more time I spent at my gym, uh, the more it grew, um, and so and, and for me, that's that was really where my heart lied. And of course, I, you know, I'm a pretty loyal guy. So after 13 years, and in those 13 years, I got to a point where I was me and the, a guy named Phil Wendell's, the guy that owns ACAC. We became really good friends. I worked with him for four or five years. He was doing things that he never thought he could do. He had knee replacements, and within a year or so, he was doing box jumps and sumo deadlifts and stuff that he had never done. And so. You know, you know, breaking away from that and really kind of venturing down my own path was something um, that, man, if you don't have faith or education, 
you know, as far as in the money and the financial support, you, you, you know, trusting your gut becomes, you know, it's like, okay, it's kind of like a leap of faith. But, man, it's, 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 when that happened, it's just like the doors started to just to come open. Um, and so when I left ACAC, I was, we, we opened up a small facility up on Avon Street Extended. It was about twelve or 1,500 square foot facility overlooking Monticello Mountain. Had two big bay doors, but within about a year, a year and a half time, we had literally outgrown that facility and moved to the place where we have now that turned into uh, 5,100 square foot and, and just a completely different animal, you know, versus what we you know initially started with in hindsight i knew i kind of wanted a gym but i would have never imagined that it would have grown and and open up the opportunities in way in which it did so how how did you first get involved with like like powerlifting and strength training because I, I know that that obviously has been like a huge part of your whole story and like that's how you got to where you are now, how you met guys at Westside. Absolutely. Um, so so earlier on, I guess growing up, um, come from a little bit of a dysfunctional family, parents divorced, this, that, and the other. A lot of people have those stories. But for me, uh, the gym was a place where I would go where it was constant. I could get what I needed. It would provide what I needed as, as a young person. And I feel very fortunate, blessed to kind of very early on find something very positive like powerlifting or those, the people in those realms of, you know, when I was competing earlier on, it's just so, you know, uh, that kind of really became my home away from home or that's where I, I really learned a lot about life and struggle and overcoming um, um, and it just, uh, and that just really just kind of manifested because like I said, in school was always extremely challenging for me. It was difficult, um, in, in every single aspect of the word, but, I, but it was so interesting because the same thing that you struggle when you're lifting and that sort of stuff, you know, life is very much like that. Um, and for me, finding that powerlifting and that group of people and that community that cared. And then and then it also becomes empowering and so on and so forth. So, you know, kind of back to your question, I had a little bit of success. And then and so um, and so I, I was competing in some powerlifting and then I broke off and I tried a couple strongman contests. We had the Green County Fair um, and every year they had a strongman contest. And every year I'd go up and would do, you know, would place first or second and and it was just like, and then, you know, people were patting on the back, oh, you're strong, you should do this, you should do that. And so that those those things were really the root took, you know, were really thing really for me where, you know, it, it started taking root and kind of part of my identity and who I was. And then um, then got into powerlifting or then got into a little bit of bodybuilding and then and then fast forward now to, you know, eight or ten years ago. And then and then uh, and so and then, and then and then be having the opportunity to go to Westside and really actually learn how to get strong and really you know and really learn how to train and come up with a plan because prior really to that it was it was just kind of throwing bits and pieces and I'd see this and try this and do this and kind of going by the seat of my pants and so what's so interesting is it's almost like fake it until you make it and I know that sounds kind of bad but at the same time it's like for me in the way that I learned the books and that sort of stuff were a thing it was more like through human trial and error and uh and then of course once I came up or once uh, uh the, the west side guys and uh Louie they had such a big influence and, and really taught me how to train it's so interesting because there was a lot of things that those guys were doing that I was kind of doing too. I just didn't understand it. And then going up there, they really painted a picture of like what a system, the conjugate system looks like and how it can be applied in every single 
aspect of whether you're talking about uh, strongmen or you're talking about powerlifting or even, and I mean, that's the reason that we do a lot of the adaptive stuff and things like that is just you, with that system per se, it allows you to be so creative. We know where a lot of system, it's almost like you plug and play. Well, I think with the conjugate system, you ha- you almost have to be a bit of a free thinker. And for me, that that came a little bit more naturally than than the textbook. While you know, if you do A and B, then you're always going to get C. Well, that's not always the case, or at least for me, it didn't seem to be like that. And so to come up with these creativeness that allowed me to be that that creative person, kind of embrace that. It was just like, and as that as things continue to just to kind of grow, it just it just kind of manifested and growing and more and more and, and now with the adaptive stuff it was just incredible how um, most people when you think of west side and powerlifting and conjugate that's you think of powerlifting well there's that, that's probably one of the farthest things from the truth you, you know so that's I, I, I love that I think that's really really interesting to kind of get that that per, uh, perspective on like kind of needing needing to have like um, you know hands-on experience and and learning from like you know like people not just books and and I, there's a lot of people out out there like that i mean i know i've we all have times when i mean school school sucks man there there's definitely times when like no one wants to do it and there there's certainly people that that it's just school is not necessarily for them but that doesn't mean that that's the end of your education or that you are not Correct. an intelligent person or that you're not a capable person Correct. because there's always other avenues and I think part of part of your story that I'm hearing is is finding you know the things that you're good at. You know what are your blessings? What are your talents? And how can you use them to help other people, but also at the same time like help yourself and make a living for yourself. So I, I, I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's the that you're that's yeah you're a hundred percent right. And it was so and so crazy because by the world standards. Um, with not, you know, with not having the education, this, that, and the other, I think so many people get discouraged. And I get so many people that are ask you, know, well, well, what certification should I get? And I said, well, you know, certifications are good, but if you can't apply it or if you don't know, if, if you don't know what you're doing as far, it, it's, it's got to be something, I think, for an individual so much more than just just that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I completely agree. And I, I, I love to one to just kind of like talk about that and, and put that out there because I know for the vast majority of people and, and probably for those listening to, to this podcast, we're of the mindset that like success is determined by your educational level, right? Like you have to have a, right. a right. especially cause I mean, that's just the way the medical field is, is kind of dominated, right? You have to get these degrees. Yes. And so there's that mindset that, right. you know, if you don't get these degrees, if you don't go to grad school, if you don't become a doctor that, you know, you're not, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have a skill set to do these things. But yes, yeah, and that's always been such a, a, a an uphill struggle to a degree or battle for me in that sort of sense. And I think to a degree also the gym and the stuff that we do, I think that's probably why it maybe has taken a little bit of time to, to kind of grow and to do some of the stuff that we're doing because um, you can't deny the results and the stuff that we're being able to do in the community. And if you look at as far as credentials and what schooling I have, you might as well forget about it. But then you, when you actually look a little bit deeper than that and see the stuff that we're doing in the community and the individuals, it's like, 
wow, it's pretty interesting. I think each individual has got such a unique skill set. But I think, like I said earlier, that I think so many of us are so easy to want to we'll write that off because, well, you you got to get a four-year education or you got to do this and you got to do that. And then you get these people that go out and do that and then they and then they come out and they're still unhappy or, they're, that, or they didn't ever find or didn't fulfill them in a way in which that they thought it was going to be like. Whereas if they would have went with their gut or tried to truly figure out who they are or what drives them and motivates them, I think once you, if you if you it, you know break down the individual and you understand yourself, all of a sudden the answers are there. They just a lot of times might not be by what the world says is going to be successful. You know. Yeah, and I, I think that <laughs> that's oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was uh, I, I dipped out for a minute. My internet cut out, but um, <laughs> I cut back in just enough time to like get some warm fuzzies from both of you. Um, <laughs> so I, just, I have like a couple of things that I wanted to say, but then like of course it cut out exactly at the time that I wanted to say them. So that's fine how that goes. But Justin, what you had just uh, talked about. This is a while ago when you were talking about how you were like split back between like ACAC and like trying to start your gym and how you're like uh-huh. split in time between both of them and how you've, mm-hmm. you realized that the more time you spent at the gym, uh, like the, the more it tended to grow. Uh, it just mm-hmm. it, it started to make me think of a quote that I'm reading in a book currently. Uh, so I'm reading this book called Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss. Um, mm-hmm. And it's this quote from Joseph Campbell. And it's, it's basically follow your bliss. Okay. And he, he talks about saying like, bliss is the highest peak of what brings you joy. So if happiness is just above the status quo, bliss is what makes you feel most alive. So expect it will take courage to follow your bliss. Expect it will suck at times. Expect you're going to have to take risks for it. Expect others won't necessarily understand. And also expect what gives you bliss today may not be what does tomorrow. Just follow it over and over again. And so yeah, like that's you, it. it just made, yeah, that's it. It's exactly what you were talking about, you know. Yeah, you know, follow, really follow your dreams, pursue, yeah. pursue your passions, you know. So, um, yeah. So the follow, the follow your bliss line was Joseph, Joseph Campbell, and then we're all created so unique, and we're all created to do such. I feel like such amazing things, but I, I, what I feel like anymore this day and age is that we're so quick to to jump on the mainstream media that like what's popular, what's this, that, and the other, and completely write off our individual selves. And it's like, man, if we could really learn how to embrace who we are as an individual uh, and really, it, it really uh, look into that, it's like, man, those answers that what you struggle with, that's really where that magic happens, but it's so hard to do. <laughs> But then, and also, there's nothing to blame. <laughs> you have to take your own ownership and responsibility for things, and I think that's that also too for a lot of people, and myself included, become scary. You know how many people were, you know, when I was getting was thinking about doing a gym? No, don't do this. You know how many people said, you know, I want you to come up with a business plan and go get a loan for hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know how many people said that, and I did the exact opposite. I never mm-hmm. got a loan. For the gym, I kind of did everything through the West Side credits and through Craigslist. You know, it's just so interesting because everything that I've done, and you know, just after hearing you with that with that quote, it's just like, man, when you look at look back at it, it that's been this whole journey thus far. What your gun tells you, or like, what has the Lord made you to do and created you to do? Because if you can do that to the best of your ability, you will be able to create something that nobody else can touch. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That goes back to the alchemist quote that always pops up on these podcasts, Mike. The, you know, 
when you desire to to do something, the whole universe conspires to help you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, and we've all we've all probably experienced that. You know, things when you're supposed to do something, right? Like, and it may be maybe it's chasing your bliss or finding your bliss, finding your purpose, however, whatever you want to say. But we all kind of get in that zone where it's like, I know that this is supposed to happen. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is my dream. You know, this is what I'm going to do. And everything just kind of lines up and it just works. Yeah, you're, you know? you're exactly right. Well, I think any time that we're aligning ourselves with what we're designed to do from our creator, as far as like faith in the Lord, for me, that's the, that's just, that's been a huge piece for me in my journey is, is that because like I said, I didn't have the education piece, but what I did have and what we all have an opportunity to have is faith. And it's just like in this walk and, the, you know, the, with the gym and with as I've gotten older, it's like as I've learned to kind of turn things over um, and, and really try to listen to what he wants me to do versus what I want to do. It's so interesting because um, it's like things just open up in ways in which you would have never thought. Like I was figuring I'm going to have to go out and get a loan. Well, I didn't go out and get a loan. I was going to have to do this and this, and that stuff never happened. And people are like, oh, the paperwork, it's going to be so hard. And it's like, for me, I did that piece was a breeze, <laughs> you know? And so it's just like, it's like when you start to do the things that that we're that he's ordained us to do, all of a sudden it's like things become easier, <laughs> you know. But you know that then that also falls back to doing everybody kind of doing their part, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. So when you when you started the gym, right, like kind of as like a side project while you're uh-huh. still working at ACAC, what was what was your vision for it? Did you think it was going to become you know, the thing that it is now, or was it just like, yeah, I would have never in a minute, I couldn't have in my little pea brain ever imagined that, that doing the stuff that we're doing now, to be completely honest with you, I didn't know, but my gut told me that, I, and, and so, and how this worked out, man, is, is uh, uh, so I just, I just, I just, I had this crazy idea. I was like, I just want to, I just want to get a space, and I want to. So, I, so, so with that being said, so I, I was doing the stuff with Westside, and it was, you know, was, you know, was getting some credits with those guys. Uh, one, I, I remember, I woke up, I was like, you know what, I want to, I want to have a gym. I want to start my own place, and if it's just a place that I can train, and so, and my friends can train and charge very, you know, because I think the rent was there was like twelve hundred bucks. I was like, if I can just get enough people together to cover that, then it's like we got a place to train because at that time we were training. I was working at ACA but we would go over to goals and train and that was okay but that still wasn't really the environment that we that we really wanted to be able to thrive and grow because we'd go over there and we'd get looks and shitty looks and comments and stuff like that just like we did at ACAC so that's but once you know in the gym so for me it was really just the thought of maybe we'll just have a place where we can kind of do our stuff and then wherever it evolves into it kind of evolves into and it's and it's crazy to see that it went from that little thought in my brain to where now to where you know we're trying to make a difference in in the community or actually really change you know some things are, you know, yeah, it's just, it's just so, yeah, very, very interesting how things had unfolded in a way in which in the beginning, I, it, 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 that wasn't even anywhere in the realm of what I was thinking. So but it goes back to turning things over and letting him and letting him be the one that kind of does the leading and we just kind of follow suit versus no, it's got to be like this, this, and this, you know? Yep. So in that original like core group, cause Basically, what what you're describing is like every powerlifter's dream, right? Like every competitive powerlifter wants to find some sort of like small community gym where you don't have to deal with the commercial stuff, and you just want to you want to train with guys 
guys that you trust where you can do, you know, bandit stuff, box squads, have yeah, heavy metal music playing or gangster rap or whatever it is so that you can do, you can do what, you know, however you want to do. Train, right. Because then when you're doing, you know, reverse band max effort uh, box squats, nobody's going to look at you for trying to rig up like, you know, a doubled green band on the top of the power rack and golds or <laughs> then the rack flies the, up and smashes the mirror and everybody looks at you like what the hell are you guys doing <laughs> one day we were like using a safety squad bar and we used one of their conventional racks and we had put a set of green bands on the on the rack and i stood up with it and as i stood up with it the whole rack flew into the mirror it was like holy <laughs> days were there were numbered at that point <laughs> That was that was probably a couple years before the what the gym the gym fails uh, Facebook group was up because if they had recorded that I'm sure that'd be all over the internet. Um, but as far as like that initial core group of guys, um, I know from from like YouTube videos, I know like Chris Mason was a part of that. How did you guys get linked up? Like when did you meet Chris and like? How did that help with the the gym? Oh, he's been a huge like so. My buddy Chris, I met him through uh, at ACAC, um, and so he, he and of course Chris was a, a strong guy, big guy. He come in ACAC. He doesn't look like your normal kind of guys of people that you know that train at those sort of gyms. But anyway, he was in there working out, and was one day we just got to talking and interacting, and 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 you know how it is with guys, man. It's like you just got this feeling or just something about him that compels or draws you guys together. And next thing you know. Um, we started training together, and what's so interesting is at that time he was going through some difficult stuff in his marriage and stuff like that. And so, for the gym was his outlet. And as we as we grow and and, and talk, that it's just like it's that kind of really helped kind of push him into to and uh, you know he was and, and he was sitting on a recumbent bike. And this is back when Chris did cardio. He's thought about cardio now. It doesn't happen. This is the power. He'd sit up on the recumbent bike and get his thirty minutes in out of his workout because because he's stressed out and needs to get lean. <laughs> and so and then and then that's when the conversations happened. And at that time, Chris was uh, he was a major player as far as at role a large nutrition. Um, and then and he actually sponsored a lot of those West Side guys. And uh, and he would go up there and he asked me one day he said, "Hey, you you would you like to go up one weekend and spend the weekend up at West Side?" And of course, at this time, I didn't really know what West Side was. I mean, I knew about them, but I didn't know a whole lot about them at this time. And then after the first time going up there and hanging out with those guys, it was just like. Oh shit! It just opened my eyes to a whole different realm. It's like this is where I want to be. <laughs> this is the kind of gym. These are the environments and the people that I want to be around. Mm-hmm. So, and that's so. Chris along the way has played such a big role as far as that. I mean, as far as financially support. I mean, in every aspect of the word, and as a friendship, Chris has Chris has been kind of along for the ride and kind of really you know, built that or have really helped uh, introduce that relationship with Lou and those guys. That's awesome. Cause I, I it's interesting. Cause I, I've always like hung out with you guys together. You know, Chris always pops in the gym, um, you know, in and out, but I, I don't think I'd ever gotten the, the backstory on how you guys met. Um, but uh, he's actually, we're actually going to have him on next week. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I told you that. But uh, yeah, we, we have him scheduled for, for podcast next week. So it's going to be interesting to, to talk with him about, you know, at large and some nutrition stuff and kind of his perspectives on, on the strength world and all that. So he's a smart yeah. guy. He's a real he's smart a, guy. He's a good, he's a good, a good guy, a real good guy. Yeah. 
Mike, you, or do you have any questions? Because I, I know you're kind of in and out. Are you? You must be more out than in at this point. Okay. Yeah, I'm catching, <laughs> I'm catching snippets. Keep, keep, keep going. I'll, I'll try and get in when I can. <laughs> okay. So, so we got, I guess up to this point, like we know that the gym kind of started off as like just a place for you to train, right? You and your buddies to kind of to get in the sport powerlifting that through the relationships that you had in that small group kind of got you into West side and all that stuff. But when uh-huh. you, when you realized that, like, you know, you got to the point where you're like, Hey, I need to make this its own thing. And you went to do, you know, your own personal training, like into independent from ACAC and just kind of run your own business. What was your what was your vision? What was your goal for that? Um, you know, I, I wanted to. I just want. I wanted. I wanted to create an environment where anybody and everybody could come and be accepted, and you could see results, no matter what that meant. And I think you know, in especially powerlifting, it doesn't always necessarily mean your bench goes up or your squat goes up. There's there's a lot more to life than just those sort of things. And I think if we can use those as just tools to help guide and direct and lead us in this journey, versus focusing on that kind of like the primary goal, it, 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 it that was a you know that was one of the big pieces. And just because we all bring we're all broken, and so when you look at that when you look at it in that perspective, it's just like creating an environment that that allows people to be people in all their brokenness and really embrace that and and to and to really. Uh, to, to utilize that because I think in that brokenness is where a lot of the magic happens, but there's not really a lot of places that you can go and that's accepted. You know, at most gyms, you know, you've got to look a certain way, address a certain way or own certain things or lift a certain amount of weight. And it's like, well, that's okay. But what about, what about, you know, and if you, you know, the stuff we're doing now with the, with some of the mental and physical disabilities and that sort of stuff, what about those people? And so literally when I say I wanted all people to have a place that they could come and train, um, Literally, that's that. I meant that in every aspect or degree of the word, and um, and so literally, and, and 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 at that time though, I really wasn't sure what that looked like. I just knew that I needed to. I, I really wanted to have an environment that we could create success for everybody and whatever that looked like, because that's a per individual basis. But if we could have an environment where you felt like you could, you, we could use barbells and dumbbells to to mold character and integrity and so on and so forth. Really, at the end of the day, that was that was the name of the game. And I think that's probably in you know, hindsight or just hearing myself talk about that. I think that's what makes that's why that the success and doing the things that we're doing. I really think that's it's because it's really not about money for me. I mean, I've worked with a lot of people that's had a lot of money that are really unhappy. And I've also worked with a lot of people that don't have a lot of money, but they're as about as happy. They're, 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 they're fulfilled in so many ways. And so, and kind of really starting to and help me to prioritize my life on what was important that, that kind of, you know, that was one of the key notes. It's not about money. It's not about this. It's about each individual being able to perform or be able to create greatness as as per individual. And if that happens per individual, then everybody gets to grow, you know, because everybody around is going to be influenced by that. I love that. I love that. Justin, you... (laughs) Just just listening to you speak, I'm so grateful that the internet did not cut out for that specific... Monologue that you just had because I feel like I'm gonna cry, man. That was that was beautiful. You you have the biggest heart that I have ever like experienced, and I can't like give you a hug right now, but I wish I could. Um, well, I, I, 
I think well, I'll tell you what, I've, I finally have started to learn to lead with my heart, but you also got to kind of protect it. But at the same time, it's just like, man, when you put it all out there, that's all I got, you know, and that's it. And I feel like that's what we all can, all of us can bring that to the table. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you've done. If we could all kind of have a, a, a just a little bit of a mindset like that, what you can create is kind of what we're starting to do at the gym. And, man, I think if everybody – could, could feel that or understand that about themselves and really utilize their, their skill set because, man, I think everybody is capable of achieving that same sort of success. And But I think so many of us settle for so much less because it's not what mainstream media says or or, or it's not cool or that, that mm-hmm. brokenness is we got to hide that. Don't let them know about this and that. But those truly working through those struggles is truly where – where you start to learn so much about yourself and an individual and communication and about other people. Because at the end of the day, we're all, we're all broken. We're all going to die. We're all going to be six foot, no matter you got $10,000 or zero dollars, you know, so that kind of stuff. It just, the, the, the worldly view kind of stuff just kind of really fell, fell by the wayside, which has allowed me to, or allowed us to really be able to, to do the stuff with this adaptive PE stuff and the, or the youth empowerment programs that we have or the mentorship programs going on. Because when most people think about a gym, they don't think about those sort of things. But I think, man, if we could focus on building your community, uh, everybody gets to prosper and grow from that, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of reminds me of, of two things. The first one is that uh, there's that famous like quote that I feel like every powerlifter has seen or every lift anybody that's touched a barbell by Henry Rollins that like you know there's all that stuff going on in the world and it doesn't matter what's going on in your life 200 pounds is still 200 pounds regardless you know, the <laughs> yes. weights the weights don't lie right uh-uh, so they regard, don't regardless of what your background is where you come from how much money you have what kind of crap you got going on in your life whether you got a great home life or crappy home life. When you walk in the gym, you know, 200 pounds, 300 pounds is 300 pounds. And if you, don't, if you don't have what it takes to move that weight that day, it's going to crush you. And, yes. you know, like you've alluded to before, it's a great allegory for life, man, because, um, you know, lifting weights, I mean, it, it, if you do it right, it can teach you so many different things. Absolutely. And everything from from just like, you know, good like physical fitness habits to to like mental fortitude and and knowing that, you know, sometimes in life, like, you're, you're going to hit a wall, but you got to push through it. Yeah. And um, and that no matter how big the obstacle may seem, like, you can always overcome it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, when I walked in that gym with you probably almost four years ago, and I, I was dead afraid to touch a barbell because I thought it was going to make my chest explode. I remember. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And everyone's like, oh, you look like you can bench press a lot of weight. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And now you're like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's just interesting because like stuff like that, the stuff that seems impossible, it always becomes so much more doable. But it takes hard work and dedication and all that. And that's been a great support team. (laughs) I think that's going to kind of get into this next point, too, and and some of the questions that we're going to have. But what you, when you talk about brokenness, that, that always reminds me of the old saying that, like, you're not at a power li- or what is it? It's like one, one in three power lifters is a convict. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you, we've all been to those those meets, you know, SPF, RPS, whatever. You look around the room and, you, you know, you're sitting between two guys that have like, you know, neck and face tattoos. And I think to, to somebody who is not part of that environment, you would instantly go, okay, like this, I don't need to be here. Like these, these people are scary. Right. These aren't good people. But you know, until you talk to yeah, them. <laughs> when you, but that's that's the thing. Like the powerlifting community yeah. as a whole, like yeah, everyone says the one in three powerlifters are convict. But powerlifting as a community is probably one of the most welcoming and kind and like embracing communities that I've ever been a part of. Absolutely, you know? no question. I think that's why I've always been so compelled and sort of because every other community, to a degree, and I mean, not, but like to a degree. You have to look or be a certain way, and it's just like, man, once you can learn to stop passing judgment and like, and, and just and just embrace people for truly who they are, because if you can do that for another, it's really going to also be able to teach you to do that for yourself. So it's like, well, man, if they can do it, then then through their struggles and their jail time, they're going to be able to share some with you some wisdom that you better pay attention to, <laughs> because that can save you. That can save a lot of heartache and struggle. And and I think most powerlifters. Or all the ones that I've been around are like an open book. I mean, they will absolutely share anything and everything, you know, and I, and I love that because, yeah, that's really where the magic happens. And it's ugly, but that's, that's, that's where it happens. Nobody gets strong when you're not working hard or you're struggling, you know. <laughs> and I, th- I think it's interesting, too, because in a lot of situations like that, at least some of the gyms that I've experienced, like there's a little bit of like a, a trial period. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you first walk into a gym like that, like, yes, those guys are going to be incredibly welcoming and everything like that. But they're also going to keep their distance because they're not going to invest time in you if you're not going to be someone that's going to invest right. time in that community. You're exactly right. I totally agree. You're hundred percent right. And then, but I think that's where it goes, comes back to the individual. What are you going to do with that? You know what I mean? It might not look like the, like what the world said is going to be successful, but, but what you do with that is it's, it really is going to be the telltale sign. You know, how successful are you willing to be? Are you going to get in the trenches and talk and interact and hang out with folks that maybe at first glance, you might not, but then all of a sudden when you learn to not pass judgment or you learn to stop judging and so on and so forth, it's like, man, like you said, it's the, it's the, it's the most incredible community that you could ever be around. <laughs> when there's nobody else there, the power, you know, that, that group will be there, you know. And then when you're yep. moving from house to house to house, you got the best moving team you could ever. <laughs> Yeah, because every every single one of those dudes dudes has like a a Dodge Ram with a Hemi or like a a lifted up. Like. Yeah. I mean, this it's so funny because all those stereotypical things like you go to a powerlifting gym. I know when I pull into mine, it's like you know there's like four or five lifted trucks with like Hemi's and 500 horsepower, and you probably get like four miles to the gallon. But you know, if you need something moved, you, you can definitely put a, a couch in the back of somebody's. <laughs> And like when when we move gyms too, like we've had to move gyms, our gym up here a couple times, and I mean we got to put the monolift in the back of somebody's truck. And if you, you were know, hanging around so. the bunker, wimps, you know, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
and I'm, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure to some extent, like, regardless, I mean, it doesn't have to be powerlifting. It's whatever community you can find. You're exactly right. Accepted you're in. exactly. It just so happens that we, we, we yeah. love the, the power, but you're exactly right. You're 100% it, right. Yeah. Cause I mean, people get the same, same results with like, you know, bodybuilding communities or CrossFit communities or, or like a running group or a biking yeah, or group. motorcycle clubs or whatever you're in. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. And that's what makes it so great is man, pick your, what is it that truly makes you happy? Because at the end of the day, we're we're the we're the ones that get to determine what that is, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I I love that stuff. I love I love this. I I just like Mike. I mean, I feel like we say this like every time, but dude, if you could only see like the smiles that we have on our face right now, <laughs> just because we 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 love talking about this stuff. Yeah, it's um, good stuff, man. We should do. I mean, it's you know, it's not. We're not trying to sell. We're not trying to. But if people can, and hopefully, if we can put some information out there that motivate them to drive people, or that that person that's you know that's not sure about who they are or what they want to do or struggling with. I, don't, I I'm not good at school. What value do I have? I mean, hopefully, this can mm-hmm. be something that might allow them to to give them hope. You know. So I know we, we've talked a little bit about like, um, you know, people that, that kind of have that mindset that maybe are, are afraid to join a community like this, or I mean, you know, maybe they're interested in like weight training or getting stronger, but how, how do you, how do you approach someone who's, who's like interested in joining your gym, but maybe is unsure about doing physical oh, activity? It's, to, to get them to come in. I mean, I think the first thing, if you can get somebody to come in, because I can't put into words the feelings and the sensations that that I think a lot of people get when they come into the gym. I think it's what everybody yearns for, but a lot of times when they, it's, it's a lot of times it's not what they find. I think anymore there's all this sizzle about marketing and uh, everything looks great and sounds fantastic, and then you get to it and it's just like, well, is that it? Like, that's what I signed up for. And I think a lot of times when people come to the gym or, you know, uh, I think if it, they, they feel it. You can feel it. When you come in, you're welcomed by 10 people and two or three dogs. And it's just like, wow, like this, it, it, you know, you make you create an environment that feels like home that's, that doesn't have, that doesn't pass judgment. And then and, and, and back to that, and, and to a lot of people, if I tell people, oh, I'm going to have you drag a sled, I'm going to have you doing this and that, most people's like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, well why can't you? Well, I, well, because, I, you know, my doctor, I've got a bad back or bad shoulder. My knee, I hurt my knee 50 years ago. And my doctor is like, well, that was 50 years ago, you know. And then I think when people, you know, they come in and you actually the first time have them do things that they really didn't think they could, I think at that point, you know, that's their they're members. I mean, so many people come in, I think, to a degree at first are skeptical. But once they come into the environment to see the approach that we take, it's a, it's a game changer, <laughs> you know. One time, generally, a lot of times, one time, if this is truly what they want, with a lot of times, they, that one time that they come in, nine times out of ten, they're they're going to be members for a period of time. <laughs> well, I mean, you you yes. uh, you invest yes. in them, right? Yes. So I th- I think one of the greatest things about you, Justin, is that you can you see someone and you, you kind of see their potential. Um, you know, you you have you have faith. Um, in a yeah. lot of things, but you have faith in them uh, that they can be successful for whatever yeah. it is that their journey is on. And so I think that's a really commendable thing oh, that you have. You. It's, that's really special. Mm-hmm. 
I for, I for, Mike, I forgot what I was going to say. I had, I had, <laughs> I had something. That is my daily, like, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> I wish Ruth and Rachel would help me. Oh, remember. man. Uh, oh, no. I remember. I remember. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure I can find an article out there that says it does. Um, no, no, but I, I, I remember now. Um, going back to what you were saying about how, you know, oh, I, I can't do this. This was 50 years ago. My doctor says I can't do that. Or you want me to do what? You know, I can't do that. Man, those are the same. Again, it, it goes back to this whole thing that, like, there's really no difference between, like, exactly. strength training and rehab. Like, it's all one continuum, right? Those are the, those are the same things that, that we deal with, that I deal with in the clinic because, you know, as of last Tuesday, I now have a job and I'm working and I'm a physical therapist and – you know, I, a lot of, a lot of what rehab is in, in my world is when you talk to patients and figure out, you know, what their limits are, whether they're perceived or actual, it's trying to come up with realistic expectations, right? Realistic expectations for, for rehab, you know, if they're coming back from a surgery, realistic expectations for what that means, like, you know, moving around or, or exercise wise as they're dealing with whatever it is they're dealing with. And so that kind of like that, that mindset, if you can help change somebody's mindset or maybe frame the way that they think about something a little bit differently and show them that they're more capable of what they're, what they expect, it goes a long way, man. Absolutely. You're and it helps right. you, it helps you get that buy-in too, whether it's, it's you as a, as a strength coach or a personal trainer or us as clinicians, you know, if you can establish that good relationship and show someone that you're invested in them and that you want them to invest in the whole process, their, their results are going to be fantastic, right? Because they, right, exactly they, right. they, <laughs> they feel accepted and they know that they are a part of something good. Right. And then, you know, everything else will fall into place where it needs to. But like that, I mean, we talk about this on here all the time. Like if you can't establish that, you know, that good relationship with somebody, because both whether it's physical therapy, whether it's personal training, these are all people-based um, businesses, right? We're all we most of what we do is customer service, right? There's a product, and you know we'll do strength training, we'll do rehab, whatever it is. But most of what we do is is dealing with people, and we need to be able to deal with their emotions, and and talk to them, and you know counsel them, and and show empathy, and and just experience that humanity. Yeah, right? communication. Yep. And I think we're all horrible at that. Some of us are better than others, but I think. A lot of times, and again, you see it in, you know, all the time, well, they think they have pain, but truly do they have pain? And then you mm-hmm. have them work through a range, and they can, and it's just like, oh, well, you, you allow them to kind of question, well, is that really what you feel? Because I think a lot of folks, you know, if you ask, oh, well, I eat, well, I, what should I eat? Well, you know what to eat. You just have to eat it, or, you know, or the other extreme is a lot of people what they think they have in a bank account versus truly what they have in a bank account. Our perception is so skewed. And I think when it comes to that physical piece um, with weight training, that that skewed has to go away or there's going to be injuries. And it's like once you truly understand where you are as an individual and what injuries and truly where things are, coming up with a game plan comes up so much easier. Well, did you have pain? Well, no. Well, then, okay, then that means we can start to progress more and do – it just opens the doors to so many more, but it's so interesting, I think, because people – 
uh, allow so many other things to kind of create a feeling that really is probably not truly what they're feeling. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but mm-hmm. you know, just with some of the stuff that you that you've talked about and that I've learned from you is like question that pain because I tell you what, when there was that, with that couple conversations ago we had. Um, I was here at the house and I was doing some stretching one night and uh, it was, I was kind of in prayer at the same time, but I was feeling this pain and what it made me think of was what that conversation is like, is that pain or is that just something that I, is that just something that I feel in my mind because of, and what it did was allow me to kind of push those berries and, and limits. And I shit you not, Jacob, excuse my language, but uh, the next, the, the, a couple of days later, I was able to bench and do things with a straight bar and things that I haven't able to do in a long time. And what allowed me to do that was you making me question the pain that I had, you know. But and when, but when it comes mm-hmm. to pain, though, for a lot of people, that's, you know, we've become so soft, we feel a little bit of pain, and all of a sudden we abort mission. Well, sometimes that pain is if, if it's just weakness, then we need to strengthen, and we don't need rehab. We don't need, you know, we got to get stronger. <laughs> but I think a lot of people feel pain, and they almost completely run the other way before they really evaluate, okay, what truly am I feeling, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I think there's, there's so much truth to that. I mean, a lot of... Um, a lot of like the rehab profession now is looking at, you know, pain science and what it, what is, cause we know that pain is like an experience, but a lot of times it's, I mean, there, there's, we would probably need somebody way more qualified than me to talk about this, <laughs> but, but you know, you're, you're right. It, that we, we are questioning what pain is right before it was always that thought process that if we feel pain, that means yeah. that there's some sort of tissue yeah. damage or there's harm, there's harm or something going on. Right. Now, now we realize right. that hurt doesn't always mean harm. Right. Hurt just means that you're experiencing some sort of, of, of sensation. Right? <laughs> um, and for whatever reason, our brain is just kind of interpreting that as, as pain. And there's, as there's, right. there's so many different reasons as to why we can have that experience. Um, you know, and it, it can be social factors. It could be psychological factors. You know, it could be nutrition, it could be sleep, it could be so many different things. Just stress in your life that's exactly, that, makes, that makes that pain experience like more more apparent for that person. And sometimes when we're feeling pain, it's really just, hey, like, you know, I was doing this and my body's just kind of really sensitive in this area. And right. it doesn't mean that you have to shut everything down. It, it like you're saying, you know, we just need to evaluate it. We need to see if there is some sort of underlying thing going on. And if there is, you know, we'll make a referral. But if it's just right. if it's just kind of something that you know we're experiencing and it's it's transient and it's it goes away and there's no lingering effects, you know, maybe we don't even really need to give a name to it. Maybe we just need to be aware of it and work around it, and then a couple of days later we're good to go. Right. Well, you know, perfect case of point is that that stretch that you showed me with the that single leg kettlebell rotation. You remember? Mm-hmm. And so you know you do we did you know five big belly breaths and you rotate it around and each time. You know, at first you feel a little bit of pain, you relax and breathe, and then you come back and you go again, and next thing you know, you pick up two or three degrees, and you don't, and you have less pain, and you breathe and relax, and you do that again, and next thing you know, just within, you know, five minutes of, you know, doing that stretch, and next thing you know, you've gained... 20 degrees extra rotation from your back and your hips and shoulders, where if you would have initially stopped when you had pain, you would have never made it that far. But and the, and the only reason that you felt that pain is because what you explained to me is that's your body's just way of it's protecting itself. 
If you don't lose, use this range of motion, you are going to lose it. And the only reason you lose it is because lack of use. And so once you start to reopen those move, movement patterns again, at first your body is going to say it's pain, but really it's just because it's a protective mechanism versus with once you learn to investigate or breathe through that, next thing you know. is But but I think that goes back to really the individual has to really know and understand themselves and who they are as well. And that's, you know, as, as per the individual, you know. Yeah. Mike, do you have any do you have any thoughts on uh, on that? Uh, I was just really actually just appreciating that banter back and forth. I thought that was really great. Um, but no, I, I mean, I agree with you too. Like pain is, pain is definitely an output. Um, when, when you, when you were talking about, uh, the experience of like, uh, like challenging yourself a little bit too, and, and being like comfortable with, with working hard, um, as well, it made me think of, uh, this analogy where, um, let's say like you have your hand and, you, and you're rubbing it on turf. You know, if you rub it on turf for, let's say, 24 hours straight and you pick up, you stop and you look at your hand, it's probably going to be pretty bloody and, and, and broken up and all that kind of stuff. But if you go put, put your hand back down on the turf and, and you rub it for maybe like five minutes and you take a break and then come back and then go back and rub it for again for another five minutes and take a break um, over that 24 hours, you'll have calluses now. Um, whereas, whereas if you had just gone straight through, it would have been all like tender and, and really broken up. So. You know, I think it's a little bit of challenging. <laughs> houses, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bite-sized pieces. <laughs> Bite-sized pieces. Yeah. But we're human. So of course, we're going to overindulge. I mean, come on now. That's mm-hmm. just what we do. <laughs> yeah. Truth. <laughs> that is what we do, for sure. <laughs> but. To the extreme. <laughs> Oh, I know. I, I, uh, I, have, uh, I have holiday cookies in the, in the fridge and the freezer right now. And it's the worst because I'll be doing work or something like that. And then uh, it's almost like they're calling to me. I can hear them being like, hey, we're over here. You need to, you need to eat us now. Peanut butter tastes so good. <laughs> oh, so will power. Will power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got to put the That's where you ask the question, am I really hungry? Or mm-hmm. do I really want that? <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, yeah. is, it, is it convenient or do I need it? You know, it's like I don't know. <laughs> what a starve! I'm in starvation mode, dude. <laughs> yeah, you. Just, it's you been more than three hours. I have to eat. You can't go catabolic. You cannot go catabolic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. All right, so I know we, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I know we, we really need to hit this um, before we, we finish up tonight, and that is can you talk to us a little bit about both your adaptive athletic program and then the mentorship program that you guys have? Because I, I know, at least from my understanding, you know, it's been a big, a big part of your presence in Charlottesville at the gym is to make uh, more of kind of a cohesive and stronger community. And I know that the two big things that you're doing right now, aside from everything else you do with, you know, normal everyday gym goers, is the adaptive athletes program and the, the mentorship programs. Yeah, well, so that kind of goes back to what we're saying. We, we basically have been had an, a, an opportunity to be able to work with a group of people that by the world standards is you can't or they're special or are written off. And I think. Uh, at the gym, I don't look at it like that. It's like we all have gifts. We all have been dealt a certain hand, and you can look at it one or two ways. And I feel like at the gym, we 
always look more into that, like this is such a blessing and what can we do with it? Um, and I think when, when you bring those people in and you show them success or they can do things, um, man, in so many ways, mentally, physically, and spiritually, that completely changes who they are. And so, I mean, in the same way that we approach with us, you know, with normal and however you want to classify normal, we treat them the same way. And matter of fact, I'm probably just as hard on on the adaptive PE folks and those folks more than anybody else, just because I think their whole life they've been so catered to, you know, you might, there might be some, a little physical and uh, physical and mental, or, you know, disabilities, but that doesn't mean you can't do anything. <laughs> and I think a lot of times that, that mm-hmm. with this day and age and the way our society is, I think we overly love them. And I think that is a complete disservice to those kids. Because it goes back to the community and everybody playing their part to their part to the best of their ability. There is something for everybody. And I think the more that we can embrace that, and we might and it might not be what they thought it was gonna be, but once you start to get in and you, they start having some success in the gym or they feel comfortable, or you can start talking about nutrition, or you start talking about healthy habits and lifestyles, all of a sudden, you know, you're teaching these kids some things, and a lot of them, for the first time, this is the first time that they've had those sort of opportunities to, to, to even investigate or even see what it's like to, to try those sort of things, you know. Or I think, you know, a lot of these folks have had, have had memberships in other gyms, but but they don't feel comfortable. And I think at the most basic fundamental level, if you don't feel comfortable in your environment, there is no way you're going to be able to succeed and reach your potential. And so I think one of the big things about the gym that just makes it unique is just the fact that there is, there, there, there is no, ex, I mean, the, just come as you are and let's start with that and whatever that might look like. And if that means, you know, you know, I, you know, you know, for some of the people, I mean, and you can look at that anyway. I mean, you know, rather just having somebody do a low box squat, high box squat, banded pull aparts. I mean, I mean, it's all physical therapy type stuff. But most people don't have don't take the time because of these individuals look a certain way, sound a certain way. They're 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 just they're different. But everybody's got their own uniqueness and brokenness. So it's just like in these kids and upper or kids and adults should have the same opportunity as anybody and everybody else. And what's cool is it allows me to be that free thinker and try to do things that most people would never even attempt to try. You know how many people have had wheelchairs dragging sleds? <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> a lot. I've, I've yeah. seen you do it a lot, and forward and, 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 and backward. And if the first one you ask them, could you do that? No, of course I can. Or what, I'm in a chair, can't you? And all of a sudden, then they do it. That's where the trust starts, and that's where the understanding and the compassion, and that's where all the life skills and, and how to communicate and to, to show them that you can't overcome the sort of stuff. Because in some way, we need to overcome, you know, a bench because of the pacemaker or because of the back injuries or whatever, it's, it's the same process. There's, there, it's, there's, there's no difference. Just like what you were saying a little bit ago, Jacob, about um, physical therapy and strength. And I mean, this is just one continual flow. And with these individuals, it, it's the same thing. It just looks a little bit different, you know? Gosh, that's <laughs> so well put. I don't know if you heard, but that was just my mind just exploding over here. So. <laughs> I just, I love that. I love everything that you just said. Um, you, I love that you, you've taken your passion for, for fitness and strength training and turned it into something that's so much more. Um, and, and you've been able to build a community that's supportive and positive and helps others. 
in especially in today's <laughs> with everything that's going on. So it's just that's just amazing. Oh, yeah, even more so when that's and then to me, you think we've evolved as individuals, as a, as a society, as your human race. But if you look at the stuff and a lot of the stuff that's going around of us, man, it's just like it almost for me makes me just put my head down and want to go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, man, you know, by the world, there's like that, like that. That's that's not happening. That's not possible. You can't do. I mean, it's just like man, and it's just so crazy. It's like the way of the world, and we're we're and within. But and if you look at the leaders in every in every aspect and of the system of the world, it's so broken. It's like, I can do better on my own. <laughs> if I want to make something worse, I can do that shit. I don't need a governed body telling me how to do it. <laughs> I, just, I just love it, though. You know, be, be the change you want to see. And you're, you're, you're providing all of this positive energy and, and pushing it out into the world. And that's, that's really commendable that you're doing that. So. Two, two things that you, that you said that I really, really liked are, um, one, basically, we don't treat them any, any different than anybody else. Right, yeah. and that's something. I don't think like <laughs> I holler and scream at him like anybody yeah. else. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. I think. I think that. I, I know I've been there, and if it wasn't for you know working with people who have disabilities, befriending people who have disabilities, and learning to kind of understand it, like, dude, they're they're another person. Nobody likes it when you stare at them. So why would you stare at somebody that's in a wheelchair? You know what I mean? I agree. They're, they're no, they're no different than anybody else. Ours doesn't mean that they're any different. No, they feel the same. They, they, they're, they're going to die the same. I mean, there's absolutely no different other than at the first glance at what. But it goes back to walking into that room of power lifters with tattoos and this, that, and the other. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Get rid of that. Get rid of that pers- perspective of oh, they must be a or it's going to look like or it because that. If you look at it like that, opportunity is never going to come about, you know? No, and I, I think that it's almost we as a society, like, you know, from the time you grow up, you you see people that are different than you and you don't yeah. understand them because maybe you're not around them or you're not, uh, you don't have experience dealing with them or, or, or truly understand, like, you know, what it is that they have going on. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of like create this this society where they're like, they're separate. They're not a part of our community. And that's one thing that I love is just the fact that you're, you know, you look at it, somebody comes in with the wheelchair. Cause I remember I was down there when the Charlottesville uh, Cardinals basketball team came in (laughs) and they were, they were looking to do stuff. And you, you mean you had guys in there doing battle ropes and talking about, you know, <laughs> and the uh, bamboo bar. I mean, remember yeah, bamboo, bamboo bar stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so it's all when they when somebody like that comes into the gym and it's just like, hey, I've got this going on. You're like, all right, well, okay, what can we do to work around that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's not like, oh God, you can't train here. It's right. all right. <laughs> you know. You're still paying the same rate as everybody else. Yep. You're still doing group exercises. Kick your ass. But, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but we're just gonna do it in a way that that you know works around what limitations. You're that exactly you have. right. And I, mm. there are so many people in the rehab world and the strength world that would be afraid to do this. And I know even for me, dude, like my first rotation in a hospital, like I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know, like I, I, had, I was so afraid. Mm. To even like touch somebody or, or help somebody stand up, and then you you get past that and you realize it's just another person. And yeah, may, they may have this limitation, but they're another person, and they're gonna have sarcastic remarks at you and make jokes and everything else, and because they're they're a person. And so that's that's one thing that I love. And then the uh, 
crap. What was the other thing? Man, I forgot again. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's probably, I was probably going to set myself up for a joke or something. I don't, I don't remember. But, uh, for some obscure pop culture <laughs> reference or something like that. Probably. I don't know. But yeah, I just, what you know, whatever. I don't remember even remember what I just said. But whatever I said, it was I felt it was important and I wanted to highlight that. So, Well, I think, uh, too, and it goes back to every interaction we have, we have an opportunity to, to grow and to learn. Every every person that we come in contact with, that's exactly how kind of I view it. And every person that I come in contact with is an opportunity for me to be able to grow and to learn and to be able to communicate to somebody in a way in which that I'm going to use this tactic with this other person that has these like characteristics or I'm going to, you know, and for me, that's, that's, that, that's where, you know, that's where. Each, you know, each one is the, like you just said, we're all human. We all have broken us all this. But it's like once you start to like use each individual to be able to better yourself and that individual, it's like, man, if we all thought with that mentality that the things that we would be able to accomplish would be absolutely incredible. But a lot of times we don't give each other the grace and the mercy to be able to say silly or do silly things because it's not politically correct. And in this day and age, it's just like. How else are you going to learn how to communicate? Because you're in, because you're all, we all say stupid things or, or things and that, that might not be, be correct. But it's just like <laughs> using that time to be able to learn how to say something or communicate with somebody else. Like, well, when you say those things, it makes me feel like, or when you categorize me as this, it makes me feel like. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the more that we can communicate that with one another, that's that person in a wheelchair. Now, we're, now you start to learn a lingo and, and to be able to communicate. Now now with a group of people that if you didn't take that approach, you would never have, have learned how that, that skill set. And I think that sort of stuff is stuff to a degree that you kind of can mm-hmm. learn in a classroom. But for me, it was like it, classrooms never – that always made me feel uncomfortable. So I had to go to a place to where I could feel comfortable. And, and I don't mind saying, well, certain things. And I'm never politically correct. You know how many times I would have upset people? But I think – and then once I explained to them where I was coming from in my thought process, it's like, oh, well, I can understand that. And then you have dialogue, and next thing you know, there's your report, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hmm. It's huge. And yeah. We're so bad like, at it. Communication is everything. We're so bad. Um, we are so bad at it. Yeah. I walked into uh, the lunchroom the other day, and uh, there was a circle of people. Mm-hmm. Every single mm-hmm. person was on their phone. The room was silent. <laughs> was, that, so, was that the, the interns? Yeah. There was a few, yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, I think, <laughs> honestly, I think it, I think it was more so that um, – we haven't all gotten a chance to know each other just yet. So everybody was still a little bit like trying to get the feel for the whole place and the water and everybody's personalities and everything. So maybe that was like the first, like, you know, you talk about going to comfort. Um, I guess the, the phone in a respect can be a form of comfort because I guess they can, they can escape from that realm uh, and all that. Um, but you know, like 20 years ago, that, but if you think about what we had 20 years ago versus now, we didn't have that default. So we, mm-hmm. we, we had to learn how to communicate. I think that is yeah. such, yeah. I mean, technology, a good thing, but at the same time, and I think as humans, the way that we are to move the path of least resistance, if you, mm-hmm. if you don't purposely make a conscious effort to change your patterns and that sort of stuff, or when you get uncomfortable, what are you going to do? You're going to walk yeah. out of the gym or are you going to listen to your buddies and understand or get perspective and insight? Are you going to close yourself down and now you're the victim? You know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, mm-hmm. it's 10 times easier to be the victim or, and so, and so was the asshole. I'm not going to do that anymore. 
Well, if, mm-hmm. knowing what we know, that guy probably had the, the best intent for you and was going to willing to share some stuff with you, but you were too closed down to even be able to recognize it, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's just, it's just an interesting dynamic to see, to see that and, <laughs> and, and all that. But I think it's getting better now as people are starting to warm up to each other. It's just taking a little bit longer. Um, but there's actual dialogue like you had talked about and people are communicating. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big, it's an important piece. Yeah, it's an important piece. It's interesting, mm-hmm. too, because if you think about it, a phone is a device that's meant to help you communicate with people. Right. <laughs> yet somehow it, it becomes a security blanket where we're on social media, but we're on social mm-hmm. media and I'm sitting across from someone that I could be talking to. Right. Yeah. You know? And yeah. looking yeah, at I've, somebody's pictures that you have no idea who they are, but yet you have the person that you're going to be interacting or in his room, you know, shoulder to shoulder with, and you don't even interact with. And I think that's where a lot of the uncomfortableness mm-hmm. lies. I mean, that's where that lies, but that's where opportunity yeah. lies, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I couldn't agree with that <laughs> anymore. There we go. I could, <laughs> I could <laughs> just can't even like formulate sentences anymore. It's, it's all true. <laughs> <Internet. laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Darn you, technology. I hate you. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. All but right. We're, well, uh, yeah. It's, it's a, it. oh, I was just going to say, it's, Justin, we're, we're probably about time where we need to wrap up. And so there's one question that we always ask, and I would like Mike to go ahead and take okay. that away. All right. Fingers crossed here. So, so we here at the Movement Docs, we believe in always moving forward in all that you do. So based on all of your previous experience in knowledge, life, love, the pursuit of happiness, what is one piece of advice that you would give anyone listening to this show to help them be the best versions of themselves? To learn to love yourself wholeheartedly. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in the things that you find that disgust you as an individual the most are the, you know, your greatest attributes. Um, I think if we can learn to embrace <laughs> that and love that and who we are as, a, as the individual, that is where I think the greatest answers could come from through our hardest struggles. Um yeah, so love the brokenness. I mean, it's fun and glamorous when you're knocking, you know, when you're when things are you know rocking and rolling. But but when those doors close and it's you're quiet and you're by yourself and you're laying in bed at night and you only only and only you know what those things are, the more that you can embrace that. And I think that's where true happiness, fulfillment, contentment, understanding. I think where all those things lie. I think that and, and, and that and love that and faith, it's got to be something greater than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, and for me, it's God and the Lord, I mean, the Lord, our Savior. And I think that for me is uh, in this thing called life, man, and, 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 and investing in and letting him lead the show has learned, has taught me so much that, man, if, if, if people had, you know, more faith and more love and whatever that might look like. I think that, I think we would be at a really, really, really different place as a whole. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I love that. Um, wholeheartedly, you know, talking about just, uh, being comfortable with yourself and, and loving yourself and how that, you know, translates into everything else that you do. Um, that's, that's really beautiful. 
Dude, Justin, we we uh, we can't thank you enough for being on today. Oh, thank we, you guys, man. I, thank you for the opportunity. This is my first time. I was so my palms are sweating, my feet are sweaty. I was all nervous. <laughs> belly had to, I had to poop four or five times in the course of that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I thank you guys. And I tell you what, man, I was at church this morning, and when I was at church this morning, I, I, I was I was in prayer. I was being very very prayerful for this about giving me the strength to be able to to get on here with you guys because this is the kind of stuff that, that will petrify me or lock me up or prevent me from 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 kind of sharing and and Jacob and as you know I text you a couple times a day about prolong you know a little longer a little longer I, you know I was and there was a point where I was like man you know could we just maybe could I do it another time and and, and this morning at church I asked the Lord like give me the strength and the courage to be able to get on here with you guys and just and talk from my heart to be able to to, to share um, what I feel or like what I've learned or gathered in in life to because if. If hopefully if somebody out there listening could in, in, can benefit from any of this in any way, shape, or form, then we're doing what, then we're playing a part. We're doing what we're supposed to do. So, I thank you guys for the opportunity to, to do wholeheartedly. Thank you. Damn man, hmm. we're that's that's what we're all about. You know, if we hmm. can, if there's, because at the end of the day, it's just us talking about yes. stuff that we like yeah. to talk about. But if if hmm. through that medium we can reach somebody else. And we can maybe help them out in some way or give them the courage to try something new or look at a, a situation with a different yeah. perspective. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's all it. we can ask for. So I'm, I'm glad that despite all the nerves <laughs> and everything, I'm, I'm we're both very happy that you came on because I know by the, by the end of this thing, man, you were just crushing those <laughs> questions and you had oh, yeah. tons of stuff, tons of knowledge and just great points to share. And uh, we Thank really, really guys. appreciate that. Hmm. Um, yeah. Now, as far as uh, if if anybody wants to reach out and contact you, is there what's the best way that they um, can do that? They could uh, email me at uh, thejimseville at gmail dot com, or I mean, they could call me. They could call me four three four nine nine six zero three six nine. I mean, I'm, I'm more than welcome to share if you know or in any you know somebody who feels like like reach out. Yeah, any of those. Facebook, Instagram, the Seville is our Instagram account. I also have uh, Facebook as well. No, I'm not. And I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I'm awesome. not good with that sort of stuff. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm not good with that. So if there's a, del- a delay, please don't get upset with me. <laughs> <laughs> for tuning in this week where we spoke with Justin Tooley of the gym in Charlottesville, Virginia. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email at tmdmovementdocs at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.